great songs, great singing. We'll be singing again here in just a moment, but if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 1. I want to read these verses and then come back and give you the message here in just a moment. I want to read these verses and then they'll sing and then we'll preach. In verse 8, Jesus says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. We're going to talk about his ascension in just a moment, but tonight uh, we're going to have a service in the church uh, tonight uh, on his return in Revelation. And if he hadn't ascended, he certainly couldn't return. If he stayed here, he wouldn't be returning. And so tonight, uh, I know we've been we've had a, a, a long time between uh, the Bible study on Revelation, but tonight at six o'clock. Uh, in our evening worship service in the church with social distancing, uh, we'll do a review, just kind of bring us up to speed where we were when we stopped, and then we'll start other, uh, other services. But let me uh, also mention to you that next Sunday morning, next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. in the church, Brother Jim Hagerman will resume the, the adult Bible study a class that he has every Sunday morning. That's at 9.30 in the church. And ushers, I'm calling upon you, if you can, to be here at 9 o'clock. And again, we've got to be careful with social distancing and all the things uh, that we need to do to keep everybody uh, safe. And so we'll do that. We'll continue to have our services outside, our, our morning worship service uh, outside as a drive-in service until... Uh, July 12. We'll have our God and Country Day here, and then we'll move over to the gym on July 12 because we have plenty of room over there to get everybody and still do the social distancing and all the things we need to do. And so, unless and we reserve the right to change, if it gets 100 degrees and all that, then we may we may move faster. But that's the plan. So uh, pray again for one another. God bless you. We're excited about what things are going on and how God is using us even during these uncertain days. Father, we thank you for the, your word, for its truth, for its power. And Father, I pray that as we study together, every word spoken is yours and not mine. We pray, Father, that your word would convict and challenge and work in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. In this passage from Acts chapter 1, this is a significant event uh, that the, the, the Lord Jesus' ascension, 40 days 
after his resurrection, after he was seen of over 500 people, after he gave instructions, after he visited with his disciples, he ascended out of sight, as it says, that he, uh, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. He ascended physically to heaven. This wasn't just one of those things that during these 40 days where he would appear and then disappear and appear on another occasion and then disappear. But this was going home. This was going to back to assume his majesty, back to assume his rightful place, back to do uh, some things to help us that we'll talk about. But this ascension is so many times overlooked among Christians, among the church. And we celebrate the crucifixion as we should. We celebrate Easter as we should. Uh, but then we sometimes overlook the ascension and the significance of it. And as I mentioned earlier uh, from these passages that the ascension occurred 40 days after the resurrection, Pentecost 50. And so here we are, sort of right between them. And I want to talk about the ascension today. His ascension was about, I want to give you five things that his ascension, his going home, five things that's important to us. These five things are, and, and just, I'll, I'll come back to this one. You may have questions about this one. Paraclete, preparation, praying, providing, and protecting. These things are important to us. And these things occurred because Jesus went back. Now, paraclete, what in the world is a, a paraclete? Well, the word, it's the word for the Holy Spirit. The bottom line is it's referring to the Holy Spirit. The word paraclete used in the Greek means comforter, advocate, counselor, helper. And Jesus, when he used the word, was referring to, of course, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, let me read a verse that Jesus told his disciples when he was preparing them for his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. He said in chapter 16 of John, verse 7, John 16, 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. He said, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now, you may wonder, well, why would that be to our advantage? And you can imagine how the disciples felt when they had pledged their belief and faith in Him and they, uh, they had followed Him and, and they just knew He was who He said He was. And, and, and so they're ready to follow Him forever. They're ready for Him to set up His kingdom. They're ready for all of these things. He said, well, I'm going away. I'm going home. And so you can imagine what would be advantageous to us that you're going home. And he said to them, 
If I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And so the Lord Jesus said, it's to our advantage that he goes so he can send the Holy Spirit. Jesus was in as a man in the flesh. He was confined, even though he is God the Son, in his deity, he was confined to the body. And so he was at one place at one time as he ministered, as he went about seeking uh, and saving those that are lost. But the Holy Spirit comes to abide in us, to live in us. The Holy Spirit has a ministry for us. The Holy Spirit is God. You may find in uh, the King James where it says occasionally, or a couple of times, it, it may say something like this. The Spirit itself. Well, the Spirit is not, the Holy Spirit is not a it. Uh, it, the Holy Spirit is not a, a thing. The Holy Spirit is not a hate. The Holy Spirit is God. And so we should refer to the Holy Spirit Himself. And He will come and abide with us. And so here are, just briefly, the four ministries, or these are four ministries of the Holy Spirit. One, He regenerates. That means He recreates. That means He makes us alive. If you read over in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus was talking to Jesus and Jesus said, you must be born again. He was referring there to the new birth, the spiritual birth of the work of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to be saved, you can't be saved by your works or by your religion, or by turning over a new leaf, or by getting better, you must, Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, what do you mean? Can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, no, there is the fleshly birth. When we're, when we're born, there's the, the birth of the flesh. But then he said, there is a spiritual birth, and that is the birth of, of that is the new birth that the Holy Spirit does in our lives when we trust Christ as Savior. Uh, in Titus, in Titus chapter 3, it says in verse 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Now listen, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. When we trust Christ as Savior... We are changed. We become a new creation. We are born into God's family. That's the work of regeneration that is done by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we're not just, uh, our sins are not just forgiven, but we are changed. We are born again into God's family. And secondly, the Holy Spirit baptizes us. Now there is a physical a water, a baptism, that all Christians ought to do. Every person who accepts Christ as Savior, unless there is a health reason or a, 
And I know sometimes people are saved on their deathbeds and, and those kinds of circumstances. But if you are able, every person ought to be baptized. If you choose, just you do not want to be baptized, I would question your salvation. But however, baptism is not part of salvation. It is, a, it is a sign of our salvation. It's a testimony of our salvation. But there is a baptism that is absolutely required, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we are saved, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. That simply means this, that when we accept Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit regenerates us, gives us a new birth, we're born into uh, God's family, but then we are, by the Holy Spirit, we're baptized into the church, the body of Christ. Just like in our, in, in our water baptism, we're baptized into a, a local church. This We're baptized into the body, into, into, into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us are baptized into His body. All of us who are saved are part of the church. And so that's another work of the Holy Spirit. Third thing is the Holy Spirit indwells us. That means He actually moves in. If you are saved, listen. If you are saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Over in Romans it says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Jesus said in verse 16 of John 14, I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter, meaning one like Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one, all the same. He's that He may, now listen, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And so, wherever you go, whatever you do, the Holy Spirit is there. You are never away from God. He is never away from you. He dwells in you. The Holy Spirit lives in us who are saved. And He's there to do the work of, of guiding us through the, through the Scriptures. Of convicting when we speak God's Word. When we witness to someone. To give us counsel and wisdom and, and all of those things that we need to live the Christian life. He is there in our lives to make us like Christ. That is, that's the whole purpose that God has for our lives. He is predestined that we would be, that we, that we'd be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not, God's plan for us is not that we be better it's not that we turn over a new leaf. His plan for us is not to be like someone else, no matter how good they may be. God's plan for us, His purpose for us, is that we would be like Jesus Christ. In what we say, in what we do, in how we live, in how we think, 
everything he wants us to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are, we are, we are to submit ourselves, yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's important, even though he lives in us, it's important that we are sensitive to his voice. It's important that we don't have so much noise in our lives that we can't hear him. It's important we don't have so, that we have, don't have so much clutter in our lives that we can't hear him. We need to have that communication open with the Holy Spirit and always be obedient to him. And then the fourth thing that the Holy Spirit does is he fills us. Now, listen carefully. We don't have time for this uh, uh, to go very deeply into this. But there's nothing uh, mysterious or mystical about the filling of the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit means simply this. When you're filled by the Holy Spirit, it means you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. It means this. You're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5.18 it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means be yielded to, be controlled by, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He controls you, not yourself. You, you have surrendered to the Holy Spirit and He controls you. Now, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it, there, there are some people who think that there is something else after you get saved where you then receive the Holy Spirit. But you receive Him when you're saved. If you don't receive Him, you're not saved. He's the one who makes you a new person in Christ. He does a new birth. Uh, born into God's family. But when you receive him, since he's a person, you receive all of him when you receive him. Amen. He's a person. So you can't receive part of the Holy Spirit and then you're going to receive more of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you receive more of the Holy Spirit. It means he receives more of you. That you don't just give him your spiritual part of your life, but you give him all of your life. Every part of your life is surrendered to the Holy Spirit. To be filled with Him means you're under His complete, total control of your life. Now, the Holy Spirit will never leave you. He always lives in the Christian. But the filling can come and go. There are times when we wander away from the Lord. We're disobedient to the Holy Spirit. We're not obeying Him. Well, He's not in control. But then we get ourselves straightened out and surrendered to the Lord and and he controls us. But we are to always be yielded to the Holy Spirit and to his control. Now, not only did the Lord ascend to send the paraclete or the Holy Spirit, but also he left to he left for preparation. He needed to prepare some things, a couple of things at least. One, he went to prepare our home. In John 14, he clearly says, 
Hey, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Or as we've talked before, he is simply saying this, trust me. Throughout your life, just trust me. You may not understand everything, but trust me. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And so the Lord Jesus went home to prepare us a place. He is preparing us a place that's going to be with him. He's preparing us a place that we'll have no more viruses. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more abuse. There'll be no more death. He's preparing us a place to be with him forever and ever. And so he went, he ascended, he went home to prepare us a place where we could be with him. And then secondly, he went to prepare his return. As I mentioned a while ago, if he doesn't leave, he can't return. And that's a big thing in the scriptures, right? Because it speaks about his coming, his second coming, his return. And he said in that same passage, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Lord Jesus is coming for us one day. And it may be, amen, and it may be soon. It may be soon. But he's going to come for us and he's going to just snatch us away. He's just going to, he's going to appear in the sky and he is going to just call us home and snatch us away from this place and take us to be with him. And then one day after that, he's going to gather us all together and he's coming back with us. He's bringing us back. And he's coming as the king of kings and lord of lords. And he's coming to defeat his enemies. He's coming to judge and make war. And so if you don't know Christ as your savior, I want you to know that one of the things he's doing right now is he is preparing to come back. And when he appears in the sky to call us home, he's only, he's only calling his valuables. He's only calling his children. He's only calling the church, the saved. And so if you're not saved, you do not want to be left behind when the Lord Jesus comes back. But he is coming back. And he's preparing for that now. The third thing is, is Jesus is on the right hand of the Father interceding for us or he is praying for us now this is an incredible thing and we've talked about this before that the lord jesus is interceding in the look in the book of hebrews and there first of all it says chapter 4 and verses 14 through 16 seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens so that that he is he is there he, he is there in the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So whatever you're going through today, he understands. He's been there. He knows. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. 
Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then over in chapter 7, verse 25, Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto Him by Him, uh, come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. The Lord Jesus is praying for you today. The Lord Jesus loves you, cares about you. He is interceding for you. He is there at the right hand of the Father. He is in the seat of prayer and He is praying for you. He knows what you're going through. He's not caught off guard. He's not naive. He's not ignorant of all you're going through. He knows what you're going through. He has been through it Himself so He knows how you feel and He is praying for you. That's incredible to know that that one of the reasons that, that He ascended was so that He could pray for us while we're here waiting for Him. A fourth thing that He is doing is providing for us. The Lord is providing for us he is providing our needs. Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. So whatever your need is today, the Lord Jesus is making sure it will be met. He is providing grace. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the word for grace. Grace is used to describe our salvation. By grace we are saved through faith. But it is also the word that describes the supernatural strength that God gives us to serve Him, to endure, to persevere, uh, to do His work. And so He is giving us sufficient grace every day. Whatever you need for today, God has given you the grace for today. Whatever He has asked you to do, or whatever He is allowing you to go through, whatever He has put before you, He is giving you the, he is, he is giving you the grace day by day to do that. And then, He is giving us help. Again, Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. To help. In time of need. You have the helper living inside of you. And you have the helper on the throne of grace. Sending help to you and for you. He is providing our need. He is providing the grace to strengthen us. And he is providing help to live in this world. And then number five. He is protecting us. His ascension was about the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, preparation of our home and His return, praying for us, providing our needs, enough grace and help, and then to protect us. I just want to read a couple of verses that are very special verses in 2 Timothy. You know all that Paul went through in his life. So many things he suffered for the cause of Christ. And for the cause of the gospel. And so Paul in his. In, in preparing for his departure. In his final words. 
And you know how he said these words, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. And he said, henceforth it's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. And then he goes on to say about this in his testimony. He said, at first answer, no man stood with me, but all forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. No one stood with me. All of them forsook me. But then he says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord Jesus was protecting him. And he was never, they did not kill him until it was time. His ministry did not end until it was time. The Lord Jesus protected him. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That by me the preaching might be fully known. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the, of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It was important to us. That the Lord Jesus went home. As tough as it was on the disciples then. It's good for us to look back and to know. That it was important to us. That he went back. So that he could, send, he could send the Holy Spirit. To change us. And to abide with us. And to make us like Christ. It's important to us. That he's preparing our home. And preparing to come and get us. It's important to us to know that when we go out into our world, He is praying for us today. It's important to know He provides whatever I need for today. Whatever I need, He will provide. And He is protecting me. And nothing will happen until it is time. Until He is ready to call me home. If you don't know Christ as Savior... You need to trust Him today. The Bible says there's no other way, no other name except through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You, you can't be saved except through Christ. You can't get to heaven except through Christ. If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. If you're not saved, please turn from your sins. Acknowledge you are a sinner. Acknowledge you need to be saved. Acknowledge there's only one way. It's Jesus who died for your sins and rose again. And ask Him. Ask Him to come into your heart, forgive you, and save you. The Bible says, if you believe that in your heart about the Lord Jesus, about your sinfulness, your need to be saved, and He died and rose again, if you believe that, then if you'll confess it with your mouth, you'll be saved. Ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you and save you. And Christians, be thankful. Not only thankful for His ascension, but know what it means and how important it is. And listen and follow and obey the Holy Spirit. And be confident knowing the Lord Jesus will provide 
everything you need. And he's praying for you today. God bless you. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for what he means to us, which is everything. We're thankful, Father, he went home. And he's doing these things for us. And Father, I pray that while he's preparing to return, we're preparing to meet him. We're being readied to meet him. Father, we pray for those who need to be saved. And I pray for each Christian here today that we'd be strengthened. We would be Christ-like. And we'd be bold and confident in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.